I knew in my body that I should not work with this person. Mm. I knew, I knew, I knew, I fucking knew in my intuition it was the wrong decision. They weren't an ideal client, but the money was really nice. I said yes anyways, and it didn't turn out good. Welcome to the Wild, Sexy, Abundant Podcast. The podcast for ambitious women craving a life of freedom, femininity, love, and luxury. I'm your host, Christina, and this podcast is designed to help you increase your impact, income, and inner peace so you can enjoy the ecstasy of living your life with a full bank account and a full heart. Sounds like your vibe? Then let's get into today's episode. Hello, 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 and welcome or welcome back to the Wild, Sexy, Abundant Podcast. I feel like I've said this so many times and still every time. It's a little moment, and today is a very special moment as well because I have a guest, and I haven't had a guest in quite some time, so I'm extra excited, and it's somebody I've spent a lot of time with last year, so let me introduce you to Rachel Meets, who I actually met as Rachel Fisher last year, but then she got married, <laughs> and Rachel is a certified trauma-informed coach, a breathwork facilitator, and a mentor for bold, brave, and brilliant leaders. She's here to support you in liberating your expression, feeling peace and being seen, coming home to your body, and feeling harmony within life, love, and leadership. She specializes in breathwork, embodiment, somatic, subconscious reprogramming, leadership development, mindset, nervous system, strategy, resiliency, support, and energetics. And over the past six years, she has built a multiple six-figure brand through supporting people globally and deepening their capacity to bring their big vision to life and to embody their leadership from the heart center. She's the podcast host of the Embodied Leadership Podcast and the co-host of Love, Leadership, and Liberation alongside her husband, Justin. And that was the very official introduction for me. <laughs> she's Rachel. She's the amazing Rachel I spent with the whole, almost the whole last year. So 2022, we actually met in a mastermind that we were both in and for me, Rachel has been such a gift to the mastermind. I feel like instantly we had this connection. I remember when I joined because I joined a bit late because um, I'm always late, lol. <laughs> I was even late to the mastermind. I joined a bit late and Amy, who was facilitating the mastermind, was already like, oh, there's this girl, Rachel. I think you'll get along so great. And you're like at a similar point in business. And I feel like we just instantly were feeling each other. And one of the greatest things about her about you is that I feel like you were almost like the co-leader of the mastermind you were always there and you were so like I feel like helpful sounds so dry but you know when you really feel like somebody's in addition to something that's what I mean helpful doesn't do you justice and yeah I'm just so excited to have you here Rachel meets oh my heart <laughs> oh I'm just like fully receiving you and like my heart is <laughs> feeling so much gratitude and yeah I'm so stoked to be here and I'm so grateful that we met in Amy's mastermind and I, I remember her saying to me she's like oh I think you and Christina are gonna really hit it off and immediately I was like yes I feel like we're on such a similar wavelength and I love you to pieces and I feel so grateful that we got to spend so much time together and grow together and I'm just so stoked to connect with you today and with everybody that's listening yes me too and I'm like oh let's just keep hitting us 
with all these compliments, I'm here for him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but let's head it off. I mean, we've already chatted a little bit previously and we were like, fuck, we got to press record because this is already getting so delicious. So maybe you just want to, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe you quickly want to share a few thoughts about yourself. I mean, did I already cover everything? Is there anything people need to know about you additionally? Oh, well, I think you did such an amazing job <laughs> introducing me <laughs> and Yeah, I think like just briefly, I'll just share like a little bit about my journey, if that feels good for you, if that, yes, or like we ahead. can just jump into the meat and potatoes of the episode, whatever, whatever vibes with you. Let's see. Just, okay. <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. You, you just go for it and we see from there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've been a coach now for many moons and You know, I got into this work because, you know, I had felt since I was a child that my soul came back to earth to help people. And I went through a really tumultuous period of time as a child and as an adolescent. I experienced a lot of trauma and a lot of, you know, bullying and, and abuse and things that really shaped my map of the world. And so as I started to get older, I you know, felt really disconnected from life. I felt really disconnected from that initial knowing of like why I was here, what I was here to do in the world. And through my 20s, I went through like so much of a healing journey. Like I had my first spiritual awakening when I was 20 and just went through many peaks and valleys of self-discovery. And, you know, as I were started to return to this sense of wholeness, it became clearer and clearer of like, oh, okay, I'm really meant to do something big in the world. And I ended up working in the fitness industry for quite a while. And then through working in the fitness industry, I was introduced to coaching. And I remember the first time I heard the word coaching was like my whole body lit up and I was like, holy mm -hmm. shit, tell me more. What is this thing? Because I had, you know, I thought about going to school to be a therapist or a psychologist And well, I just never, <laughs> right? Like just so fascinated by the intricacies of being human, but like it just, the, the conventional path never really resonated with me. And so when I found coaching, it was like, holy shit, like this is what I'm meant to be doing. And I enrolled into my first certification program. Mm -hmm. And then from that moment to now, I've, you know, I've done so much learning, so much growing that my like body of work has shifted and grown over the years. And I've done, you know, more facilitator trainings and things of that nature that have really brought me into this current chapter where now my kind of body of work is really centered around this like holistic approach to life, to love, to leadership, where I focus on somatic and subconscious healing and all the beautiful things that you had already suggest or that you had already mentioned. Um, and then the past year I've been in a Uh, year-long breathwork facilitator training, which is just coming to a close now. And so I'm doing that work in the world. And I'm also excitingly starting to get into psychedelic facilitation as well. And so there's just all of these, I'm a manifesting generator for those of you that are like, familiar with human design. I didn't so notice like, yet. <laughs> many, <laughs> got many, many things that I love. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of just brings me to this moment. And I'm just so excited to see where this conversation is going to go. Because you had mentioned we were chatting a bit before we hit record. And I was like, holy shit, like we need to talk about these things. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are in it for a treat. And I feel like this is what I was saying to you, right? Like, I think we're both people who are just very willing to be open. Mm -hmm. And I think 
that doesn't mean that we're always comfortable with it. Like mm. I know for myself, but I also know we had this conversation. So I guess we can, you know, I can speak for us both. It's like, it's not necessarily comfortable, but I think we're both very driven by like what feels right to us. Mm. And so it's like, it doesn't fucking matter if it's uncomfortable as hell. If we believe it's right, we're so here for it. Yes. And I guess, yeah, like that brings me to what we want to talk about today. And it's like, don't have a fancy title yet as we're recording this, <laughs> to be honest. But essentially what we want to talk about today is inner peace and mm -hmm. how to really come to a place of inner peace, I guess, especially as people who are like, quote unquote, go-getters, people who maybe their whole lives have been very driven, but maybe not always by the right things. I mean, I don't know if you relate to this, but I definitely feel like I've always identified as like a go-getter for a long time. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so cool to be a hustler, someone who goes after their dreams. And I always wanted to be really good at everything. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it can come from this unhealthy place, which for me, it definitely did to a degree of like, I need to be the best, mm -hmm. you know, and not because I genuinely wanted for myself and the world the best but more so from this place of like, because otherwise I'm not going to be good enough. Unless I'm the best, I'm not good mm. enough. And mm. I see you nodding <laughs> big time. Oh yeah, dude. Well, you know, yeah, like so much of this conversation I think is really centered around like supporting people in learning to hold the full spectrum of their humanity mm -hmm. and feel peace in being seen and, and like learn to feel secure within who they are and and I was really resonating with what you were saying because I think that what I realized in my journey was that so much like part of what I was sharing with you before we hit record around just this like dark night of the soul that I had gone through for like seven or eight months from the like fall of 2022 to about March of this year mm -hmm was this deep realization that I was so fucking dysregulated and I was literally living in a survival response for the majority of my life and even in like even going back and looking at all the financial success I had I was like holy fuck so much of what I created was created from dysregulation was created from this trauma response this need to like survive and so even when I was really receiving so much magic in my life i didn't feel fucking safe mm -hmm. and that was heartbreaking and it was really deeply uncomfortable to not only admit that to myself but then to also be like well if i know that that's true i can't go back to the way that mm -hmm. i did things before and so what the fuck does it look like to be in relationship with my business now and so there was just like this massive upheaval and, you know, in, in relationship to the word inner peace, I think that, you know, I think I tasted moments of inner peace before because it, I definitely, you know, I've had practices for many years mm -hmm. now, like meditation and movement. And even before I became a breathwork facilitator, I was doing breathwork. And so I definitely knew how to cultivate pockets of peace. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but if I was, if I was, if I'm really honest with myself, did I feel at peace within myself as like my normal? Like, no, that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. And, and to get to this place where I actually feel peace in my life right now has taken, and I'm just going to be totally real. It's, it's taken 
so much fucking devotion. I've been in trauma therapy. I've been, I do breath work every day. I've been doing so many things to like recenter <laughs> myself and like shifting like my practices, even with movement and diet. Like I've again, like taking this very holistic approach yeah. to my life. And so I just wanted to name that because I think sometimes people can have this assumption of like, okay, I want to feel peace. I just got to like say affirmations. <laughs> I just got to like, take a bubble bath (laughs) it's like this surface level thing that like feeds the ego temporarily and it's like oh yeah like i can like create this momentarily but it's like can we go even deeper and actually look at well how do you actually feel about yourself oh my god this leads me to something that i literally said to my boyfriend the other day and i said to him you know what i realized looking back there was a time in my life And we're not talking about years ago. This is just months ago, huh? And I'm still not perfect now. Also want to put that out there. And it's not about that. But there was a time where I was on paper doing all the right things, but I was doing them from the wrong place. Hmm. And just the other day, I had this moment of like, even though this has already shifted, I was like, this is what happened. And what I want to put out here as well is this piece of like, because for me, this had a lot to do with the term millionaire identity, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, this wasn't the specific work uh, word maybe, but like my millionaire version, my next level version. And I know there's a lot of hate every now and then out there on that anyways. And I was always a bit like, yeah, whatever, it's just a word, but maybe someone, you know, resonates with that right now. So I just want to put it out there. And for me, I had become so focused on like embodying my millionaire version that I was literally, I could check every single box, Mm -hmm. but how I was feeling as I was doing the things was a whole different story. And it again came from this energy of a chase, if you will, and of like, I need to be perfect in order to be deserving of that million in order to be deserving of the visibility of people joining office, you know, whatever we want to attach it to. But it was always this thing of like, you know, if I, this sounds crazy, but, and this wasn't super conscious at the time, but this was real. It was almost like, if I miss a workout today, that's going to be an issue Mm -hmm. that takes me out of alignment for those next level clients or some bullshit like that. Oof, dude, (laughs) I feel you. And in what you're saying, I see that in my experience, so many of the similar things were happening in, in respect to, I became so heavily, my worth, my self-worth became so heavily wrapped up in upholding this wealthy identity that when my business would go through an ebb, when I would have a challenging launch or like something would happen where like maybe things weren't flowing in the same way financially it literally felt like an attack on myself my sense of self like my identity became like okay rachel is this successful multiple six-figure coach and like i felt like if i whatever that identity was i mean we can get into some of those pieces in a bit here like I felt like if if I wasn't living in that, that I wasn't going to receive what I desired, that no one would want to work with me, that I was not as worthy of what I wanted in life. I like 
it got so bad for me that there were like I, I I like I would be suffering in silence like my partner would know what was going on of course because he's a part of my business too but there, it was it got so bad that like my closest friends like I wouldn't even tell them the challenges that I was having in my life because on a subconscious level my subconscious was like no we need to protect we need to uphold this identity nobody can know that you're going through a hard time because that's unsafe and this was so painful because it left no room for my humanity it left no room for me to have a challenging time it left no room for me to to change and evolve because i had i had created this deep attachment to money equate money and success equating my sense of worthiness and holy shit like now not have you know it was i'm just gonna say this too you know we christina and i were talking before this podcast started and we were i was just sharing how like i mentioned before i went through this like big seven or eight month dark night of the soul period um and shedding that identity was excruciating and so i don't want to sugarcoat in this episode and make it seem like finding inner peace is like gonna be this rainbows and butterflies found a casualty on the side of the street you know (laughs) like you're meeting your edges your shadows your traumas your fears like you're needing to face all the shit that you don't want to look at and so to let go of that identity was fucking painful Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still like I'm proud like you know I still like I have still have like a multiple six-figure brand that I've developed over the years like I still yeah. have these things that are beautiful but I don't ha- not every month I'm making 20k months anymore and that might happen again but like you know what I'm saying like it's yeah. it's my my sense of purpose and what I'm here to do in the world no longer feels synonymous with needing to make a specific amount of money to feel like I'm doing amazing things if that makes sense that makes a lot of sense and isn't it like if you really think about it isn't it insane that it ever would yeah that we would ever think anything to do with that not that I cannot relate because obviously I do but it's like it's if I think about it it's insane Mm -hmm. that we would even think that. And, you know, I just quickly want to um, go into something else that you said, because in terms of this whole identity thing, which I can massively relate to, it's, it's this thing of like, who are you outside of your business? And to a degree, for me, this was something I've always practiced and preached. But again, something we talked a lot of good shit prior to pressing record. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I said earlier is like, For me, it's really funny that I had literally a repeating cycle in my life and in my business of like, I've gotten to a never experienced before kind of level of financial success. And every single time that happened, I was like, now I need to change everything, more Mm -hmm. or less. Not everything, everything, but a lot of things. And every single time that brought me into shitty places. And as as much as I was always asking myself, who am I outside my business? I would say only fall last year, I could literally tell you where I was that day because I was almost getting an anxiety attack, which I haven't had in years on my way home from a market. And I was like, fuck. 
I haven't been, you know, I haven't been doing the good shit. And all mm. I see myself as at this point is, as you were describing, this multiple six-figure brand. Mm. But it came with so much pressure to like uphold it while another version of me, I don't know if you can relate to that, didn't give a single fuck about the money. Yeah. So it was almost like two parts of me were like biting each other because one part was this super strong of like, we got to make everything look fancy. And, you know, we got to uphold this image of like, we're successful now, you know? Mm. And it felt like anything I was doing, that's how I felt, was under a microscope, you know, which probably it really wasn't. But on the contrary, I know I was always that person, not going to lie. I was always that person, almost like monitoring other people. Mm. And I've learned that from my mom. So I know where it comes from. You know, I was always like mm. looking, I was the person looking really closely and being like, well, what is she doing right now? You know? Mm. And of course, so I was bringing that same thing to myself. And through this whole experience, I really had to look back at who am I outside my business? Mm. And it brought me into this place where, again, we don't need to sugarcoat it, where I haven't been doing so much <laughs> over the last couple of months one of my friends she said to me when she was visiting me last year in Mallorca she was like you're like a jobless person but then you live in this mansion by the beach <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of hurts because there was still this part in me that was like but we do good things you know we work hard which again a part of me really cared and another really didn't but um yeah, it was really this journey of finding back who I was with no business. And I really wanted to give mm -hmm. myself space for that. And that's why, like, I've launched a couple of things in my business here and there, but they were smaller things because I didn't feel like I wanted to commit to anything bigger from my end. I didn't want to say, oh, yeah, let's spend five months together. I was like, I don't know who I'm going to be in five months. And I guess we never really know when we open those kinds of spaces but I really needed a lot of space to remember that Christina that has nothing and has everything. You know what I mean? Dude, so powerful. And like witnessing you so much in that process because I know that I resonate and I'm sure that there's people listening that totally resonate too. And like just really, yeah, fucking witnessing you and just your vulnerability to like name that. And I feel the piece that you shared around who am I outside of this identity, that was such a similar process that I went through because what I realized when I started to wake up to how dysregulated I was, I was like, I don't feel safe to not be on. It feels like mm -hmm. everything is my business. It feels like I meet somebody and I feel like I have to tell them what I do and like mm -hmm. how successful I am. Like it was this like defense mechanism it was like, oh, like I need to uphold this like image of wealth and this image of power. And, and I realized that like it was coming from this wounded place and getting to know myself outside of business was like deeply uncomfortable initially because my, my nervous system and my body was so addicted to the activation and to the chemicals that are produced when you're like stressed and active like the cortisol the adrenaline like the 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 emotions that come when you're like living kind of by the seat of your pants and so when I started to 
pull back and was like, I'm not launching anything. I'm not doing anything. I don't have any clients right now. It was like, it felt like hell initially. I was like, what the fuck do I do with all my time? Oh, I haven't, I haven't done art in a long time. Whoa, Rach, like, why haven't you painted in a long time? Oh, I haven't read a book in a long time. Like, I love being just outside. I love listening to music with not doing anything, just just listening to music. I love mm. being in my own energy. And I was, but like initially coming into that was so fucking uncomfortable because again, I was so programmed by the years yeah. of constantly being on. And then mm. what you were sharing too around, um, oh gosh, what was it? The pieces around... One sec, let me, what was it? It was around the money pieces. There, there's something coming through around how, yeah, the, 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 the not feeling the call to like create anything majorly big and fresh and new. And, you know, what I ended up experiencing was I would have that feeling and then I would override it because I'd fall back mm -hmm. into my old ways and then i would launch something and put all this energy into it and then fucking nothing would happen because mm -hmm. if i was real with myself if i would go back to the original body cue it was never the right time to begin with i just did it anyways and overrode my sacral and did did it because my mind thought i needed to and something that oh this was the other piece that i was going to share i realized i think it was toward maybe it was february mid-february maybe close to march <laughs> i made this declaration that i was breaking up with the coaching industry and what that meant for me it wasn't that i was breaking up with being a coach because i again i, I fucking love coaching like i think coaching is some is sacred fucking work it's existed for eons you know there's always been people in society that have done this type of supportive work sure but when I was feeling into like the ecosystem of the coaching industry, I was like, it is fucking noisy as hell. And it's like, you need to do this and you need to uphold this image and you need to like, and, it, and I think it's, it's not like anyone necessarily is outright saying these yeah. things, but it's, it's a, and it's an energy that you tap into yeah. when you feel into, especially when you're looking at some of these, I guess, like more famous coaches so to speak it it can be very easy to be like okay like i'm trying to live where they are but they're like fucking multi-millionaires talking about things that they do and i'm not i'm not there yet but i'm trying to like be like them and it creates and then even just like from a marketing lens like you need to do it marketing this way you need to talk about these things this is how you need to launch and i was like i'm fucking done I'm done. I'm fucking done. And I like made a podcast episode about it. I was like, I'm breaking up with the coaching industry. And that was just like an energetic thing for me. It was like, mm -hmm. I'm no longer participating in this stuff. Yeah. And that's been really fucking liberating for me because now I'm like, I don't need to like uphold any image. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be like them. I'm not trying to get over there. I'm literally here in my life, focusing on my unique process. I feel happy. I feel at peace. And I never felt like that before. If I'm mm -hmm. real with myself, I never felt peace before like this. And so that was a big decision too, to like publicly name that and be like, oh fuck, like, what does that mean now? <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't imagine. And I mean, it's, it's something you've, and again, in, in a way, again, identified with for mm -hmm. such a long time, right? So it is a bit of a death 
you know, in a way. Um, and I had like a ton of thoughts going through <laughs> as you were speaking. Where do I even begin? Um, let me just start here and then I probably fall into the next thing. Um, in terms of like breaking up with the coaching industry, I feel you so much and I haven't done any big declarations, but for me, I think it was at some point, and I'm not talking about anything you said or anything, but I think at some point I was so tired, even of all these conversations about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was like, we have important, as you were saying, we have important work to do, guys. Why are we mm-hmm. obsessing over all of these random things? There will always be black sheep. There will always be bullshitters. There will always be scammers. And I think mm-hmm. as much as we can try to regulate something, as much as we can teach on ethical marketing or whatever, it's like, personally, I don't think any of that will ever go away. Mm-hmm. Even with new laws and regulations, People will find new ways to be an asshole because they always do. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, these like these things exist in any industry. Like exactly. for therapists, like I totally feel you, dude. I, was, I, I, we were so on the same page when all that stuff was happening. We're like, yeah. I'm just gonna stay in my own fucking lane. Like oh I'm not God, gonna yeah. participate in all of this shit. I'm just gonna stay focused on my mission. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's good. You know, I think we did good with that. And I think, like for me, what this has meant is like. And in order to protect my inner peace, actually, is to really focus on the work that I'm here Mm -hmm. to do. And to really like, you know, I'm literally just mapping out my next program, which again, I'm taking my time for it. And it feels fabulous. Sometimes there's this little itch coming and being like, but you have to launch it. You know, you have a wait list and people are clearly ready. And I'm like, will the people on the wait list still want to buy it if I launch it only in two months? I don't fucking care. Either they do mm-hmm. or they don't. But just want to be honest. Of course, sometimes that's the humanist we want to talk about, mm-hmm. right? Like it's being a human. Anyways, what I'm doing with this program that feels very aligned as like my way, I guess, of like stepping away, if you will, even though I never really identified with an industry. It's funny, like when you were mentioning earlier, like you heard this word coaching and instantly your whole body lit up. I didn't know a coach existed when I started my (laughs) (laughs) because I never started a coaching business. You know, I started as a social media manager and consultant. And then Mm. at some point I realized, you know, I, I felt like I was already doing that quite different. And at some point I realized, Oh, I really want to talk about more about these aspects. Um, blah, 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 blah. And then I guess at some point I was like, I guess I'm sort of a coach (laughs) now. Anyways, at some point, obviously, through being in the space, I did feel a degree of identification. And what I've been doing now that feels just wildly exciting is I've been just brand- branching out. I'm not sure if that's the correct English word. Yes. Into like other fields. So in the new program, I'm literally getting uh, giving a ton of reference to my nail lady, to my hair place and things like that just because a i do believe people in other industries can wildly benefit from my work and i don't want to be a coach coaching coaches who coaches coaches mm-hmm. coaches you know what i mean like the yes. whole thing um even though again i feel like that's a very nuanced conversation and sometimes i honestly don't get the hate because i feel like that's a similar ecosystem in every single company where yeah. <laughs> the person who has a lot of experiences is going to teach you know the next person yes. in that position so it's not that weird <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so I'm just doing that to kind of, you know, do my own thing and break up a little bit with that and go a little bit more here because that feels 
good. And mm-hmm. I feel like that actually brings me to a point, not what I wanted to talk about, but it brings me back to like our whole topic of inner peace. Because isn't inner peace something that can really only be created through doing what feels good for you? Mm. Yeah, and how many 100%. times do we do things that actually don't feel good to us? Because as you were mentioning, because you felt like you're supposed to launch a big program now, you're supposed to do that now, you need to do that way of marketing because someone who has what you want, you know, is doing that la di da di da And it's mm-hmm. like, but it, if it doesn't feel good to you, A, it probably won't work for you. And B, what's the whole fucking point if it doesn't make you feel good, <laughs> you know? Yeah, dude. Well, and like, I think the nuance and like what you're saying too is like also that what is good for you might not feel good initially. So like for you to get to a place where, for example, like I'll just use my, my story for me to get to this inner peace, I've had, I've, I've, well, I didn't have to, I chose to go through trauma therapy. So like somatic work and EDMR therapy, that shit does not feel good. (laughs) Like I feel good after but doing it is like very uncomfortable. And so I think that, and this is a really huge body of the work that I do in the world is centered around seeking discomfort and learning how to befriend discomfort to create what you want to be able to feel good. So I think that that's also really important for people that are listening to remember that sometimes what you want requires discomfort and to not assume that just because it feels good is that it's supporting you like for example Mm -hmm. you know i fucking love ice cream right i fucking love ice cream would it like temporarily like satisfy my my cravings if i ate ice cream every day fuck probably i'd probably love that shit i'd probably just be fucking eating cookie dough ice cream every day even (laughs) yeah like you know so maybe like that feels good right But does it actually feel good long term? No, because I wouldn't I'd I'd be breaking out. My stomach wouldn't feel good. I'd probably gain weight like I wouldn't feel good. And so I think that it's like having the discernment to like ask ourselves the question like, okay, does this feel good from a place of like deep integrity? Like I know that like, okay, when I go for a walk in nature, that feels really fucking good in the moment. And it's like a long term feeling good versus the comfort zone of like, Mm -hmm. you know, even like not going to the gym, like I could not go to the gym today and that would feel really fucking good (laughs) because I'm a lazy bitch sometimes and I don't want to do it. But I know that like not going is actually not actually an integrity with my goals and I'll feel really good after. And so it's this like very multifaceted thing where I think when we're talking about inner peace, it's like doing what feels good like like looking at like the longer term like the purpose like why are you what is the intention what do you actually want and then really meeting those edges because something that i'll mention in the conversation around the subconscious is so your subconscious views anything that's outside of your current identity as unsafe as un- like anything that's unfamiliar your subconscious is like fuck that we're not doing it i'm going to flood your body with resistance so that you just don't do anything that's outside yeah. of your current identity mm-hmm. and so that's where this nuance comes in because when we're talking about cultivating inner peace well if your current identity based beliefs your patterns your behaviors 
literally are of of a completely different experience then inner peace is actually going to feel like a threat mm-hmm. to your nervous system it's going to feel like a threat to your your mind and that's where we have to develop practices and develop a lot of awareness so that when we start to make these changes to move toward inner peace to creating that harmony and we come up against resistance mm-hmm. when we're going to shift a pattern or when we come up against resistance when we need to change our habits that we don't just like be like oh it doesn't feel good so i'm just going to like totally revert back to the old way learning how to expand our capacity within our nervous system to actually hold the discomfort that comes with moving toward and like reorienting toward that inner peace, which is very uncomfortable if you're not used to it. For sure. And that brings me to a point that actually I was thinking about before, which I feel like is a great nuance here, is this thing of like, if you come from an identity like me, and you were always a hustler, a go-getter, and you really like prided yourself in that, it's a tricky one Mm -hmm. because as I was sharing before, it can be this thing of like, I always stretch my comfort zone. I'm going Mm. through the pain, but you're still doing it for the metal, not for the, you know what I mean? Oh, yep. That's powerful, dude. And I resonate because I, I didn't realize it was my high achieving experience. Mm -hmm kind of came as a mind fuck to me because I wasn't traditionally growing up as a child and as a teenager, I wasn't like a straight A student. I wasn't like someone that was trying to be like perfect. Like I was a rebel. I was a punk kid. I like surprised I graduated. Like, you know, like I was like not that like atypical or like that archetype of like a high achiever in my younger years. And then what I realized was that as I got older, I developed this high achiever perfectionism experience as a defense mechanism to keep myself safe. So in my mind, because I I left home when I was 16, so I like became, I kind of like got thrown into the adult world from a very young age. Like I was still in high school when I left home. And in that there was, you know, I was in survival mode all the time. Like there were times where I didn't have money for food. There were times where I didn't have money for like anything, you know? And so like, I realized that when, and this is where like your business becomes a mirror for all of your shit. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I didn't realize until I started my business that I had developed this high achiever perfectionism experience. And I realized that it happened and it was birthed from being in survival mode and feeling like I always had to keep my foot on the gas. I got to keep going. I can't slow down. I have to just do, 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 do so that I survive and that I'm okay. And that I have food and shelter and all of these things. Yeah. But in business, that's problematic because then you're like, your whole identity becomes like, oh, I need to always be on. I can't take a break. I can't rest. I got to keep going. And that was just such a an illuminating thing that I realized because like initially when I realized I had this perfectionism high achiever experience I was like oh that doesn't make sense like I like denied it I was like that doesn't that's not me yeah but then I was like no that is fucking me and not I'm not gonna say it's me right now but it was me big fucking time and it was hard to face (laughs) that I completely hear you and it's funny because 
I actually have a similar experience and I, I'm sure a lot of other people out there feel the same because I do attract a lot of people who never fit in the system. who are like a little rebellious soul, you know, and I feel that too. And for me, like for you, like when I say I've always had it, well, looking back, I know that, <laughs> you know, yes. but it's like <laughs> for the longest time, because I was quite a lazy student who always got away with shit. I think I was always very fucking smart. So I knew which buttons to push with the teachers so that they would give me a good grade, you know? And it's like, still, there was this subtle thing always of like, well, I am lazy. I'm not doing enough, you know? And I'm just getting away with something in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like I just resonate so much because I've told myself for a long time the story of like, but I'm lazy. So like, I cannot have this like hustler identity because I'm lazy, right? Like that doesn't fit together, but that has nothing to do with how I was feeling inside. And I feel like that's actually like a big part of this conversation, isn't it? Of like, and everybody listening can check in right now. Like, how do you feel in your body? Yes. Because the mind will tell us all these stories of who we are, what we do. The mind will tell us how we feel, but it's a thought. Yes. And I think this is a huge piece where a lot of us, I definitely, you know, did have to do that, have to even understand and make that shift to not ask our minds how we're doing. Yes. Oh, that's so powerful and such an important invitation because you're so right. It's like how you're feeling in your body is going to tell you a lot more than like who you think you are and what you were just describing around the thought process of like, oh, I'm not this thing, but the energetics and the the sensation and the nervous system response in the body was exactly that thing that you were mentally denying that was happening. And I think that that's why it's so deeply important for people to (laughs) if you're uh, who regardless, I mean, regardless if you own a business or not, but I imagine a lot of the people that are listening yeah. to this are leaders and business owners. Like it is of the highest importance for the sustainability of your business and for like the, the quality of life and your inner peace to prioritize your relationship with your body and your nervous system and understanding where certain things come from, where certain patterns come from and not from this need to like, always intellectualize like your life because you can dude if you're anything like me you can fucking tell your life story and you can intellectualize the fuck out of your experience but like that doesn't necessarily create the change and like i really believe that's where somatic healing practices and breath work and nervous system regulation tools are so so fucking important because you know when you go back to that what we were talking about christina around like coming back home to why we do what we do and like being really clear about like why why am i a coach like why am i doing this in the world it's like coming home to that and and understanding that like yeah of course there's no there's no shame in desiring to be rich there's no shame in desiring to be wealthy i mean like that's a beautiful thing that we get to earthly pleasure that we get to have there's no shame in it but that can't in my opinion and this is i mean some people might disagree with this and that's okay i believe that if you're choosing a path like coaching mentoring facilitating your number one driving force can't be money it has to be about the people it has to be about why you're doing what you're doing the money can be a part of that discussion 
But if you're only in it to make a lot of money, then do something else. Be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Do something else where you're not working intimately with people in this setting where you are like you're you're taking on responsibility for people's psyche and their embodiment. Not to say that you're responsible for people yeah. in that in that sense, but you're you're that you're responsible for the container you're facilitating. And so coming home to your actual why of why you chose this specific profession and then being like, okay, well, how do I get to be in right relationship with myself to be able to hold that vision, to be able to show up in integrity and facilitate these spaces from a place of actual like rooted embodiment, you know? And that, again, if you're somebody who's maybe been on the other side of that, having to admit to yourself where you haven't been in integrity can be fucking painful as hell too. Yeah. yeah. So feeling that I was going to literally add the same thing. Cause I was like, and that's sometimes the shitty part, right? Cause like, this is something I really had to move through. You know, you don't know how many times I've asked myself. So did I basically steal money from people? Because at certain points, looking back, I wasn't in the biggest, you know, what is the word? I just lost it. Integrity, integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't like really fully in integrity. And it's actually something I've been thinking about so much as I, you know, had to have my own reflections on this, even though I really genuinely have to say, I mean, I've twisted it and turned it and I looked from all angles. I think I can say I've always been someone pretty fucking in integrity, but I'm mm-hmm. not perfect. And I think this is something yes. we also have to like, again, we have to allow ourselves to be human. Yes. Um, nobody is perfect. And yet I do think also connected obviously to inner peace, integrity as such a huge piece. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I don't want to go too much into that topic now, but I literally was just writing something the other day of like, Personally, I sometimes think that maybe coaching has been promoted a little bit too much as a quick way to make money online. Yes. Like, in a way, I'm so here for, I mean, I don't have a paper that says Christina is a certified coach at this point, at least. Um, And, you know, as there are, this is what I wrote in a blog post, actually, like, there's teachers, we've all fucking seen them who studied for years and they have that piece of paper and they're fucking shit at their job. So I don't think the piece of paper necessarily is the thing we need to be looking for. But I personally feel like, yeah, maybe the job of a coach has been promoted one too many times as an easy way to make money. And a lot of people jumped in on that opportunity, which I completely understand, you know, Mm -hmm. I wanted freedom. I always want freedom. It's my big thing that I always crave, you know? (laughs) So I completely get it. But I think this is where we all just need to be real and honest with ourselves, which Mm -hmm. can be very fucking painful do I currently hold the capacity to hold people? And am I really embodied in what I'm bringing out there into the world while not stepping and falling into perfectionism? Oof, absolutely. And I love what you said about remembering that being in integrity doesn't mean that we aren't going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect all of the time. And 
uh, yeah, there's a few pieces that I want to touch on that you shared that I think are so powerful. And one of the things is the embodiment. Like, I think that if people devoted more to deepening their craft and embodying their work, people would be way more successful instead of being like, how can I market? How can I like attract my soulmate clients? How can I like, how can I like be like, cause what happens is someone can become really good at marketing, but then all that energy that they've put into being good at marketing, they haven't put into learning how to be effective at their craft. And then they have people come into their containers and they don't know what to do and they don't know how to hold space. And I will say also that mentoring and coaching are two different things. I both hold the title of mentorship mentoring and coaching because i actually like and facilitator i kind of blend all three in the way that i support people but like i think a lot of people that are in this like industry quote unquote are actually mentors versus coaches because coaching is a different thing than mentoring it just is but what i wanted to say is like you know one of the things that i'll name because part of what i really want to hit in this episode is like unshaming people's journeys and unshaming the process and dude like in the conversation of integrity there was there has been a couple times in the past six years of being in this like this i don't know i almost said this industry <laughs> trying to not I'm, I'm not in the industry <laughs> being, a, being, a coach, being a mentor <laughs> facilitator there's been a couple times where i knew in my body that i should not work with this person I knew, I knew, I knew, I fucking knew in my intuition, it was the wrong decision. They weren't an ideal client, but the money was really nice. I said yes anyways, and it didn't turn out good. And both of those times I learned big fucking lessons in how important it is to be in integrity. Cause me saying yes, when my body said no, was me not being in integrity with myself. And I, the reason I'm naming that is because I think that there can be a lot of shame that can come up when we when we see that we've done something that's you know out of integrity with our values and i just want to like like christina you were saying like it's not about being perfect and being somebody who's embodied in your work like part of that process is holding space for when you do fuck up when you do make a mistake and being like okay it's okay i'm human i'm gonna learn i'm gonna name it i'm gonna just own it and you know i feel like it's been it's been such a, a big thing for me to be in this new chapter where I'm like, I am so fucking clear on my standards and I will never, there's certain things that I used to do that I will never fucking do again because I learned my lesson and I needed to, sometimes you, you do the, the wrong thing because you actually need to learn that fucking lesson. <laughs> you you, know? it, you and know, so, put your hand on the hot stove. Is yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just this like, I, yeah, I think that it's it's so important to like under the kind of the umbrella of like holding the capacity for like the full spectrum of your humanity. It's also recognizing that there may be times when, you know, your your business is thriving, but there's shit hitting the fan in your personal life. There might be times when, you know, things are fucking decomposing and like dying in your business and your personal life is thriving. Like I remember one of the most liberating things was when I realized that I could feel multiple things at once. Mm-hmm. When I when I learned that oh I could be really happy and like great like grateful and fulfilled in one area and feel really challenged in another. And so 
this holding the capacity for our humanity comes back to like the body and sensation and like your nervous system and like what do you actually have the capacity for and then recognizing that you know when you're going through challenges like let's say like there there's a huge ebb in your business you're pivoting like let it be okay that like maybe those that's a season where like you're not going to have the capacity to launch and you're not going to have the capacity to do a bunch of things and Mm -hmm. how can you meet your needs i think that that's actually like such an important piece of this is learning to meet your own needs and knowing that it's like it's okay for things to not just be this constant like uphill trend like our our human experience is so multifaceted it's so multifaceted and we have to learn to like really learn to meet ourselves through the lens of self-compassion and and love ourselves through it all yeah i love that so much and i just as you were talking i got this image of like i mean we've all felt a tightness in our chest right and it's like feel into your hand at that moment. Mm-hmm. Your hand might feel smooth as butter. And still all you can focus on is, oh, my chest feels so tight. Feel this heaviness. Something is wrong. You know, I'm not talking about actual physical condition here, obviously right now, but it's like, I feel like that's a beautiful image of like holding different mm-hmm. things at the same time. And it's just sometimes a matter of like, where do you shine the light on? And I would say, ideally you shine a light on both. Mm-hmm. because it's neither about like just being pretending to be happy because that's the whole point of, that we don't want to do right but it's like hey my hand actually feels or my wrist actually feels very soft right now and you know my upper body mm-hmm. just feels tight okay mm-hmm. yeah and like becoming the observer of yeah. your experience and I think that that requires practice and that's why I think that there's it's so important to have practices that you can turn to to like support you in developing that awareness developing a capacity to reorient your nervous system to become more Mm -hmm. able to recognize like your your personal like bodily cues and signals of like when there's something happening that needs your attention and to not always feel the need to intellectualize why you're feeling what you're feeling like sometimes you're you feel a sensation and that this is a huge nuanced conversation that there's i mean this we could talk about this all day long but just to kind of briefly touch on it you know if you're somebody who in a particular part of your life went through some trauma whether that's a small t trauma big t trauma sometimes you can have like emotional flashbacks and so you might just be like hanging out in your living room and nothing bad's happening but all of a sudden you feel anxious and in that moment it's not about you needing to intellectualize, well, why am I feeling anxious and where did this come from? It's actually like learning to just be with it and to literally breathe. Like, yeah. I swear to you, there was if there's one modality that could change the fucking world, it's breath work. Yeah. <laughs> and it's breathing and learning how to actually self-regulate through your breath. And so I think that people that are listening to this, I think it's really important to recognize like where there is a deeper invitation to come home to your body and like to really start to look at like what would my life get to look like if I felt peace mm-hmm. and not to say that you're going to feel peace 24 7 because again you're fucking human you're meant to feel the wide range of emotions 
but to have like a peaceful life. Like what does life get to look like when you feel fucking peaceful? <laughs> very different. It's very I different. I love that so much. And I think again, you were talking about the intellectualizing in one direction. And I feel like it's then also though about not intellectualizing the inner peace. You know what I mean? Yes. If this is, you know, as I was sort of sharing before, like this is, I think what I've done in the past. It's like, but I am having all the freedom, but I am doing all of these good things for myself. But it's like, but do I feel in my body? Yes. Like, no. So my question for you, maybe to also like really give people something. I know you already mentioned the breath and I completely agree. I feel like this is something I don't even call it breath work. I think it's something at this point. I mean, you know, I also have the, the breath work certification and stuff, but it's like, I just do it. <laughs> you know, like it was funny when I listened to you now, I was like, I guess I am doing breath work in that department too. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I never even made the connection. Anyhow, what would you say? Because I know there will be a lot of people listening who are like, that all makes so much sense. Holy fuck. And how do I get started? Because I'm very well aware right now mm -hmm. that I am intellectualizing maybe my inner peace or I have been doing that. Or I am very well aware that it's fucking unsafe for me or it feels fucking unsafe for me to mm. let go. You know, like maybe you, you were mentioning this thing of like, you know, maybe realizing I don't have the capacity right now to launch things. But here I am. I have a pretty fucking successful business. That feels scary. What would you invite this person to do? Are there any specific tools aside from breath or anything with breath you want to get more into? That's really like yeah. you can do this right now today yeah absolutely so i would say the three main modalities that i use with my clients are somatic experiencing breath work and hypnosis and so really bringing in that like body mind spirit but from one from the mind piece the subconscious because lasting change happens within your subconscious and your nervous system like your conscious mind is only responsible for like five percent of your reality and i think that's where people get frustrated when they're like doing the affirmations and they're journaling and they're doing all and journaling is important like please journal it's extremely important for like developing more self-awareness and connecting to your self-trust and re-establishing trust within your intuition but i would say that it is even if it's for five minutes a day like sitting down or lying down feeling the sensations in your body connecting to how it feels in your body which can feel extremely uncomfortable and i would encourage to connect to your breath notice how it feels to breathe i would encourage you to like breathe in and out through your nose slowing down the breath really activating and breathing into your pelvic bowl breathing into your diaphragm, breathing into the lower ribs, pulling the breath up into the heart space and just practice slowing down the breath really. Oh, I'm just gonna, <laughs> someone's <laughs> mowing the lawn. <laughs> Shut my window right there. Um, really connect with slowing down the breath and just like noticing how it feels to be in your body and just being intentional with the experience of noticing the awareness i would say that the most important layer the, the base of the pyramid the foundation of everything that we're talking about is developing awareness mm -hmm. and learning how to reorient your nervous system because all of the other things 
aren't going to happen unless you develop awareness and like learn how to orient your nervous system. And so sometimes even literally laying on your floor, staring at the ceiling and just practicing visually, like looking at the ceiling and like without moving your head, like just noticing if you can expand your eyesight out into the other parts of the walls and just noticing, okay, where I, where am I right now? Like actually like verbally, internally acknowledging where you are, who you are, giving your, your body time to decompress and like really orient into the space because so many people are in this like very frantic energy where they're just not, they're not, they're not being actually very aware. They're very dysregulated. They're kind of going through the motions every single day. And so creating these like, again, pockets of peace where you're just connecting to yourself, super important. So like, yeah, turning um, the dial down and slowing down the breath, breathing in and out through the nose. It can be really good to do like a five, five, seven breath, which is like five seconds in, um, there's a few different ways you can do this. You can breathe five seconds in through the nose, hold for five seconds, and then slowly breathe out for seven seconds. You can do like box breathing, which can be really good, or you can find your own cadence. So finding your own cadence can be really helpful. And that's basically where you want to just play with the inhale and play with the exhale and just really practice. Like, can you go a little bit slower in through the nose, a little bit slower out through the nose? And then The other thing that I think is really powerful is developing some kind of like connection with your subconscious. And that's where I think hypnotherapy is so profound. And I love facilitating these spaces because I feel like it really supports people in developing a deeper understanding of their subconscious landscape and redefining their identity-based belief systems. And then from a, um, a kind of somatic experiencing lens, even though like, of course, breath work is somatic work. I believe that if you're looking to like just regulate yourself quickly and effectively, well, I don't even like using the word quickly, but effectively, one of my favorite practices is shaking. So I'll literally put on music and I will just shake my entire body and I'll do that for like five, 10 minutes. And then I'll make sure to be focusing on my breath while I'm doing this. And this supports you in going back into a parasympathetic nervous system state. And so like really just finding ways that you can again create these pockets of peace where you're connecting with yourself and you're really deepening your connection to awareness like and and then simultaneously reorienting your nervous system so that you can start to really create this beautiful relationship with how you are in space yeah I love that so much and I just quickly want to do a pitch for you out there because I know you have that hypnotherapy library right Because I feel like that's something great where people could get started. You know, they're listening now and they're like, okay, I do want to. And do want to do the work now. I want to be a good student. (laughs) Yes. You can just jump right in there. Or would you say that's not the right place to start? Yeah, absolutely. Like I have the Sacred Self Sanctuary, which is my hypnosis library. It's only $17 USD. And then if you wanted to do a more like personalized experience, you can book in a 90 minute session with me where we can do like a breathwork journey as well as hypnosis. Kind of, I like to combine the two. Um, that would be, those would be like the two first places that I'd start. And then sometime in the next little while here, I'm going to be creating a membership, which will be like a somatic subconscious hub for self-discovery and transformation and all of all this juicy stuff that we've been talking about too. I love that. I love that. And all just, 
all of the things you shared, it just made me remember the things that I do. Which I guess mm-hmm. I'd like, I guess I should be more aware of the things I'm doing, working on that one. But I just want to put out there, this stuff works. You know, yes. I remember I used to think like, oh, but what does like five minutes of shaking do? Everything. But mm-hmm. what does like a couple of deep breaths do? I'll still have my life problems. Just give it a try. What do you have to lose? Because like yes. for me, doing many of those things over time and integrating them or just even honestly, just even knowing that they exist mm-hmm. and knowing that I can use them mm-hmm. has made a world of a difference for me and has increased my capacity in so many ways over time. Because like I said, sometimes it's just the knowing like I have tools I can use. And, yes. you know, some days now I'm like, I'm feeling at a dis-ease in some way. And I will just put on some, you know, music with a lot of drums or something. And I'll shake. Sometimes it turns into a dance. Sometimes it's it's a little bit of both. I kind of naturally go into breath. And, you know, all these things, like I said, I remember I used to think like, but how is this going to help me? You know, but it's like, what do you have to lose? Yes. And, you know, I'll say too. Yes. (laughs) And I'll say too, like the the breathwork ceremonies that I offer, um, that type of breathwork is called, it's considered conscious connected breathing. And so that particular type of breathwork is my favorite to facilitate. I, I typically do a combination of superventilation breathing and breath of surrender. And the reason why this is such powerful, this is such a powerful style of breathwork is because we're able to get past the default mode network. We're able to get into the limbic system of the brain, which is responsible for your patterns, your habits, your beliefs, all of these things. And we're able to actually untangle and unravel the nervous system to really support you in coming back to homeostasis and releasing and healing from emotional blockages or releasing trauma that's been stored in the body. And so if you're listening to this and you're actually wanting to go deeper, like those are the breathwork ceremonies that I facilitate where we do really, really deep sacred work. And then another thing that I forgot to mention too is like another modality that I facilitate is is embodiment work. And like, there is something so profound about moving your body through dance and flowing because much like hypnosis, when you're dancing from like a more ecstatic dance perspective and embodiment flowing, you actually get into a trance-like state similar to hypnotherapy where you can reprogram your body and your mind. And so this shit works, my friends. <laughs> Christina and I are living, living, breathing examples of this work working. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes me want to like say this thing again, because I know my listeners, because they're a lot like me. I know so many people that I know that follow me. Also, they're like very successful entrepreneurs. They do things like dancing. But the question, I mean, I am all here for a good slutty dance, whatever, yes. you know, <laughs> of that is. I am so here for that. But we need to differentiate between I'm giving myself or somebody else a good slutty dance party mm-hmm. and I'm regulating myself. Yes. And I know that a lot of women, I'm just going to say it because I see it, they do the dancing telling themselves just like I used to tell myself oh I'm going to massage blah 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 you know like yeah but I I connect with my body I do the things but it's like Mm -hmm. but how do you feel yes 
And is that a dance because you need to perform maybe even in front of yourself mm. you need to perform? Or is that really something that relaxes your body? And I yes. feel for me, I know it's two entirely different ways of dancing. Like, yes. and I'm not saying dancing because, I mean, there's not only slutty dancing and like, I would say more ecstatic dancing, as you're saying, there's a lot of things in between, right? And I think whatever way of dancing is really, really great. I just want to say like, to me, I've noticed a huge difference between, again, this almost like performative yes thing like when I dance for somebody else I do want to put on a good show yes. that, you know but that is not my nervous system regulation you know and that Dude. is the same for like dancing on Instagram I'm like you watch you can enjoy you know? Yes. And maybe I could do a better job at showing both ways than both sides. But, you know, my Instagram is in a way my stage too, you know. Mm -hmm. But I know that for a lot of people, it's like, I mean, I've done this in the past. And I know from clients that admitted that, that sometimes people fucking dance for their Instagram story to look high vibe and energetic. Mm -hmm. And for me, I made this root for, root, rule for myself, like one and a half years ago or something like, if I'm going to dance for an Instagram story, I'm going to dance at least double the time by myself. Yes. Yes. You know, and it's like, obviously, when you even do that, you're going to dance a lot more because you're like, well, now that I'm getting into it, it's fun, you know, but it's like, I think it's such a huge part for most of us to drop mm -hmm. this fucking performance character yes. when it comes to our inner peace. When yes. it comes to feeling good in the body, this is not a competition. It's not a performance. It's about how we feel. Yeah. And I feel like with that, and maybe this is also like wrapping it up nicely. It's like you, we all have to make it a priority. Because mm. life mm. will always get in the way, right? Like there will always be things. And as you were saying, like a lot of times throughout this conversation, it's uncomfortable. We don't want to do it. And a lot of us, like we're not stupid. We know, oh, this might mean I'm going to make a little less money for a while or maybe a lot less. This mm. might mean my whole fucking world is going to crumble in a way. But it, I think this is where, where what you were saying, like comes in, in place like so much. It's like, but... It, it's the discomfort that's worth it because there's something on the other side. Yeah. That, that you want and that's worth everything else, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's really about this deepening of, of really coming back to like, what does life get to look like when I'm liberated in love, when I'm liberated in life, when I'm liberated in my leadership, when I feel peace in who I am. And I think that it's like, I really want people to take away from this that like that they get to return to that wholeness, like they get to feel that. And it's, like, I think we kind of walked through life sometimes thinking that we're going to forever be here. You know, I think that it's easy to like, just, you know, be like, oh, like this is, we're just here forever. But life's pretty fucking short. And sometimes it's shorter than we expect. And it's like, for me, really coming back to like, 
I'm I'm here as Rachel like for not a very long time and like how do I like how do I want to experience the richness of my life like what does life get to look like when I feel harmony in my body harmony in my mind my soul like and gift yourself the opportunity to go there and to know that you get to yeah meet the discomfort meet the edges but to know that like you get to have a really beautiful life and it it's probably there's probably people listening like there's so much waiting for you on the other side of what you keep avoiding so just go there do the fucking thing that scares you <laughs> i love that so much i think that's like i could jump in again but i feel like that is such a nice way to wrap this up because it's like yeah and i i just like how you mentioned this like life does have an end at least as the as the people we are right now or we think we are whatever you know but it's like I think remembering that I I feel like that can sometimes sound so cheesy it's like you know you will die when but like you will and as you were saying like and you know knock on my weird not wooden table here but it's like hopefully that's not gonna be so soon but we never fucking know and I also Mm. know that like we can so easily just even like work hard and like not prioritize this because we think one day, once we accomplished X, Y, and Z, then we'll have time to chill. But it's mm-hmm. like the way most people work. That's that day may work. never come. Exactly. That <laughs> yeah. day may never come. And I think we can again be like intellectually smart thinking oh, you know, I'm just going to hustle now. I'm just going to do all the things now because then in three years, you know, I don't have to do anything anymore. But what happens in those three years and what maybe has already happened in however long you've been doing things the way you've done, that day, I mean, I hope not, but that day, as you're saying, like that might never come. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like such a beautiful reminder to prioritize it now yeah because it's like everything it's ultimately our health right like we, yes. we make it sound like it's mental health but ultimately mental health is physical health like yeah. it's connected yeah living purposefully living fucking purposefully so yeah. important yeah and I just feel like so many moments throughout our conversations I felt like I felt like a flower opening in my body and I'm sure a lot of people listening like you just feel this opening in your body. And to me, this is, this is what made the change for me. I would say this Mm -hmm. thing of like continuously observing, like that's all I want. Inner peace is all I want. I mean, Mm -hmm. income, nice impact, nice, making a lot of money. Nice. Having Chanel handbags, nice. Mm -hmm. But what makes my body feel like a fucking flower is opening is peace Mm -hmm. and inner. And that does not unfortunately come from outside things. Truly. Mm. I'm so grateful for this conversation. It's been so beautiful. Me too. Thank you so much for coming. And thank you so much for bringing you and mm. all of your wisdom here. Because I, yeah, just throwing out more love. I really feel like this is one thing about you. This is one thing you guys have to know about Rachel. It's like, she knows her shit. You probably already noticed but I feel like this is truly some something that's really, really outstanding about you. Mm. And mm. 
you really fucking care, you know, and it's, it's felt. And I really hope you guys, but I'm sure you guys felt it through this episode. And so, yeah, we'll link all the Rachel information um, in the show notes. Make sure to check her out. Make sure you get started with this work in whichever way that feels good to you. And yeah, is there any last words that you want to share on this episode, Rachel? Mm, just thank you for your love and thank you to everybody who's listened. And I just feel so grateful and I look forward to connecting and thank yeah, just thank you, Christina. I love you. <laughs> Love you. Thank you so much for being here. And I will see you guys very soon in the next episode.